T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Appel, Solana, in for Hawk and Crowder. Little half day for the host of the show. Solana has to hold it down with me. It's a losing, losing scenario for him, unfortunately. And it gets even worse because now Adam Beasley joins us. I, I would just like to clarify, I, I wasn't forced in this situation. I chose this situation. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be working with you, Appel. Well, thank I'd just you. like to point that out because I could be at the holiday party right now, too, drinking eggnog with uh you know with some of my coworkers, but i chose to do the show with you appel instead of drinking eggnog with dj zog yeah you're here with me yeah and now you're here with adam beasley who joins us on the toyota of hollywood hotline shop hundreds of toyotas indoors in one of america's largest showrooms at toyota of hollywood on 441 between hollywood and sheridan um Adam, thanks for uh, joining, as you usually do when Hawk and Crowder are out. Thank you for keeping the bit <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah. Real, qu- real quick, uh, Josh, uh, how do you have a half day when you work four hours a day? Hey, <laughs> take that out with Hawk and Crowder. I agree with you. And, and I let, mean, isn't let, it by its very nature a half day when your shift is four hours? So it's a quarter day. So they're working a quarter day today. And let's be real. Let's be real, uh, bees. We we do uh, pretty much half a show every single day, anyways. <laughs> uh, we mail it in in that fi- in this final hour. This is probably the first time. I'm not even kidding. This is probably the first time in I don't know, man, over a year that we do a live interview in the five o'clock hour. Probably probably like <laughs> three years that we do a live interview in the five o'clock hour. Wait a minute. Are you saying? That you replay things in the 5 o'clock hour? Listen, I'm just saying we haven't done a live interview in the 5 o'clock hour in a very long time. <laughs> well, Adam. You, uh, can, uh, you, can, you can thank Mike McDaniel for that because he pushed back <laughs> his availability to 3, and so I had to push back my availability to you to 520. Well, thank you for making the time, and let's start with uh, what McDaniel said today, and then we'll dive a little more. Um, into last night's game. What were your takeaways from his press conference today? Did he seem to be in a good place? Did he seem to be the normal Mike McDaniel that you normally see at these press conferences? Well, he certainly seemed tired. Uh, I don't think he slept last night. I wouldn't imagine if he did, it was very much. Uh, He was uh, very clear-eyed about how damaging, embarrassing, bad, any other adjective you want to use to explain that loss that it was. Uh, there's no wishful thinking. Uh, you blow a 14-point lead at home in the last three minutes to one of the six, seven, maybe eight worst teams in the National Football League uh, with the one seed firmly in your grasp. Uh, that's bad. And compounding the bad is uh, maybe your third most important offensive player. And Connor Williams is done for the year with a torn ACL. 
not often that you speak so highly of a center, but you've seen their splits with him on the field and with him off the field. There is a significant drop-off from him to Liam Eikenberg at the center position. So it was not a fun day out at Miami Dolphins HQ. Beads, just getting into last night, um, what was it more of an anomaly? Everything kind of just went wrong at the very wrong time for the Dolphins? Or was it indicative of same old Dolphins? Here we go. In December, they're going to show us our true colors. Because I, I really felt, you know, my entire life, it's been same old Dolphins. If they gave us any hope in December, we, we knew what was going to end up happening, right? But I really thought this team would be different. I still do, by the way. I thought this team would be different. But I don't know. Like, am, am I buying into fool's gold again? Uh, I don't think it's fool's gold. I mean, you don't get the 9-3 and three by, by luck. And they did deliver a win last year with their season on the line to get to the playoffs with their quarterback concussed. So, I mean, uh, I, I think you can separate the years of crap that, that existed under Sperano, under Philbin, under Gase, and to extend under Flores. Although Flores played great down the stretch. They were just so far dead gone, buried uh, in September and October that those December wins were kind of meaningless because uh, they, they, it wasn't enough to get them back to the playoffs. Um, look, I, I, I think what last night was was more of a reflection of what this team is, right? I, I don't think the, 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 the scripts they had last night had anything to do uh, you know, with the 2017 Miami Dolphins, for example. I think what it had to do with uh, is a team that makes boneheaded mistakes and they've gotten away with it by and large, because their offense is so good, and then recently their defense is so good, uh, they've made the plays when they've needed to. And last night was following that script, right? I mean, they played a pretty bad game up until, I don't know, what, seven, eight minutes left in regulation, whatever it was, when they had that just absolute gift Hampton from the Titans, that, that muff punt, quickly turned that into a Raheem Moster touchdown to play later. Will Levis tosses the ball to nobody. They recover it, and they score again on a Mostert touchdown. And we thought, oh, okay, yeah, so it is the same old 2023 Dolphins that they're able to make the – you know, they have enough playmakers to make plays at key times to, to paper over their mistakes. Uh, and then the defense just completely collapsed. I mean, com- completely, in a way in which I have not seen before. Uh, and I've been covering this team since 2008. Uh, certainly, you guys, I'm sure, have seen the stat. What is it, the first – loss in 768 NFL games in which a team has led by 14 points in the last three minutes. I think I saw a stat. It goes back much, much, much farther. Uh, a team losing in regulation. Like Usually you're down 14, you, you blow it, it the, the, the team kicks two extra points, you get overtime, and if you're going to lose, you're going to lose then. Uh, credit Mike Rabel for thinking in you know, the 21st century mindset and going for two when they were they closed it to, what, was it eight, and then they made it six. Yep. Uh, it, it created a scenario in which we saw happen last night that it gave them a chance to beat the Dolphins in regulation. And it's wild. I mean, any time the Dolphins could have made a play to stop that. They could have, you know, brought an extra blitzer and sacked Will Levis, put them in a long down and distance. They could have gotten off the field when it was goal to go in both those situations. They could have made a stop uh, on the two-point conversion. Or, you know, they could have picked up a first down when they had the ball up six with whatever, how much time was left on the clock, not very much. Uh, Systemic, systemic failure across the board. 
um, and getting a sack on fourth down, not even getting the ball off to, to try to save the game was just a snapshot of all that went wrong in that game for them. I, I want to uh, – you brought up how they approached rushing Will Levis on those final two drives. Are you surprised that they didn't heat him up a little more, and do you think it's because they didn't have Deshaun Elliott and they didn't have Javon Holland, and so you don't want to put your secondary and your coverage in an even worse spot potentially than they were already in? Do you think that was part of the math that Vic Vangio was using in that spot? I think it had a large part to do with it. I also think it happened so fast. Like that last drive, people crushed the Bills, what was it, 13 seconds or whatever, that the Chiefs went the length of the field. Yeah. that AFC championship game to, to, to extend the game in which they won in overtime on the first possession with a touchdown. Uh, the, the drive of the Dolphins gave up last night wasn't as high profile. I mean, they had the national audience still, but it wasn't, you know, to go to the Super Bowl, but it was just as egregious. I mean, 64 yards in four plays. Um, if you're going to blitz, you better do it in one of four plays, because if not, they're going to be in the end zone, I guess. Uh, just staggering, man. I, I, I don't have an explanation for it. I, I do think that uh, being down their, 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 their top two safeties really hurt them. But nonetheless, guys, Jalen Ramsey was still out there. Yeah. Davian Howard was still out there. Cater Kohu was still out there. All three of those guys were victimized in the last four or five minutes of the game in a way in which you have, you know, the expectation is they, they make those plays. That's why the Dolphins have, I don't know, it's got to be the most expensive cornerback tandem in the National Football League to make plays like that in those moments. So, yeah, the, the, uh, I mean, the, the safeties were bad. I mean, really bad. And uh, I know earlier in this program, um, Javon Holland was talking about maybe playing this weekend. Uh, that would be a godsend for this team because uh, the safeties they had last night with the game on the line were not nearly good enough. Adam Beasley, Pro Football Network, covers the NFL, covers the Dolphins. Adam, I was saying this earlier. After the three other losses this year, maybe aside from Buffalo, I can point to one or two things that happened in the game and said, you know what, like this, at least this was good. At least this part of the game went well for the Dolphins. Yesterday, across the board in all three phases, they had multiple, multiple miscues throughout the course of that game. And it's hard to pinpoint one thing from yesterday because it was so much that went wrong for them. And again, I I, I said this too. They got the result, honestly, that they deserved, even though they had it right there for them to steal one they probably should have lost anyways. That's as bad of a performance as I've seen from a good Dolphins team. Probably, well, there have only been so many good Dolphins teams, but you get what I'm getting at here. Like That was across the board yeah. a failure from the staff to the guys in the field in all three phases. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of things. One, that game was weird from – Jump Street, right? Like there, there were three seemingly significant injuries, impactful injuries in the first five minutes of the game, and it was was Tyreek got hurt, Connor Williams got hurt. Oh no, it was Jalen Waddle. Like Tyreek was later in the half. It was Jalen Waddle got banged up. Most Damian Howard uh, got banged up. Yep, and 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 yeah. So they they had a number of injuries that just got it off to a weird start. And then you just never really got your footing. I felt like they, they were off schedule, off balance the entire game. Um, you know, having your quarterback get in your hold 40% of the snaps doesn't help, right? I mean, when your offensive line, it, and again, it's crazy how, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. 
the, here we are again in December talking about the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins maybe holding this team back. Um, that's by far the worst performance they had uh, of the season. Now, I guess if you want to look for silver linings, guys, there were two of them that I, you could take away, and they both had to do with the run game. They ran the football very well, and they stopped the run very well. Oh, you know, that's, that'll only get you so far. They, you know, they also forced a significant number of turnovers, right? They had a pick six. Uh, they they had two fumble recoveries, although <laughs> two of those both of those fumbles were kind of self inflicted wounds by the Titans more than there were any great plays that the Dolphins made. Uh, but you know if you if you're the Miami Dolphins and you force three turnovers against the Titans and you rush for five and a half yards a carry or whatever it was, I don't have the stat sheet in front of me. You're thinking you're going to win that game, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you're thinking there's no way we're going to lose that game to a four and whatever they were eight team with a rookie quarterback who was, by the way, we, Will Levis has bookended uh, his young career so far with spectacular showings, and in the middle was kind of garbage. Like, yeah. the, whatever it was, the four, three or four snap starts he had in between his, his debut and last night, he was, a, I think, a 72 passer rating quarterback. He was bad, right? Um, you, you think you have all of those things lined up playing at home where the Dolphins had won 17 of 19. This is a win. Uh, it just speaks to how weird of a game last night. The question I have, and I don't know the answer to, is is this a sign of things to come, or is this just kind of like a black swan event? If not for the Connor Williams injury, I would say, you know, just flush this and get ready for the, the stretch run. I, I don't know how they fix that offensive line with the current personnel. And, guys, there is no guarantee that any of, that either Robert Hunt or Teron Armstead are back for the Jets game. The Jets, you know, for all their faults, can still play defense pretty good. Um, and and I think Hunt is almost certainly out with a what seems to be a pretty significant hamstring injury. And we'll see Armstead. Um, my guess is they would like to prefer not to rush him back. But all of a sudden, guys, this is a must-win game for Miami Dolphins. Yeah. It really is. I, you brought up the how well they were running the football last night. And I think that's the the most frustrating thing on, on McDaniel's part that I saw yesterday. You saw what happened when they decided to run the ball in the red zone in the fourth quarter. They scored two touchdowns. McDaniel said after the game, the reason they lost is because they went two for five in the red zone. Well, in the first half, it was almost like he refused to run the ball inside the 10-yard line. They were throwing goal line fades to an injured Tyreek and a, and a Cedric Wilson on third down. It was, it was head-scratching, and it's emblematic of a bigger issue, I think, with McDaniel in these short yardage scenarios because there were some short yardage plays in the game where he handed the ball off and they were able to convert. It's like he – I let me preface this. I think McDaniel is the best Dolphins coach in Tanshua. I don't think that's too much of a hot take. Yeah. Maybe Jimmy Johnson's yeah. in there. Yeah, that's fair. I think Mike McDaniel is the best coach of Dolphins have had since Don Shula. But there are little things that happen and have happened over his first season and a half here that it feels like he should be better than to make those mistakes. The short yardage stuff is inexplicable. It was a problem last year. It's a problem this year. And then he does the, the obvious thing finally last night, and it works, and it makes you scratch your head even more. What do you attribute this to? Is it him out trying to outsmart himself, outthink himself? 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we don't know what play they were going to run on that batch, that botch snap. So uh, right. it's entirely possible that was a running play. But regardless, your, your broader point stands. Um, they throw the ball way too much in short yardage. And, and here's, like, this, this to me, I think, is beyond the offensive line issues, which are a different conversation. Just their passing game, it's two dudes, right? And their running game is two dudes. Their passing game is Tyreek and Waddle, and it's 70-30 Tyreek, 30 Waddle. And the running game is Mostert and HN. That is the totality of their offense. And those are four really good players. Let's not get me I'll get it wrong. I mean, those are four of the best skill position players the Dolphins had in a very long time. And, and they're top collectively, five in it is the in best group category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're those those guys are very very good. But what would this offense look like with a real tight end? And you know, all apologies to Durham Smythe. What he does, he does well. But he has, I think, twenty catches in thirteen games. Like, what what would this offense look like? And I know they don't grow on trees. But with a Kelsey type, you know, uh, a guy that can get you the easy throw across the middle. How many easy throws across the middle do they have when things break down? And that's really what the strength of Kelsey is. He just kind of, you know, he takes up space. And when, when Mahomes can't find anything on the outside, there's this huge security blanket for them. Not having that threat at all really helps defenses a lot. It makes them a lot better. A lot of, it makes, makes it also a lot more predictable and makes defenses a lot better at stopping what they do. So if they had that tight end, certainly you would help in the red zone, no doubt about it. That's, you know, that's the biggest target in the red zone. But uh, to your broader point, I agree. The, the easiest way to score inside the 20s, particularly inside the five, is it wasn't just, uh, you know, Josh, they, they were in the red zone five times. They were inside the, the five five times. Yeah. And they got 20 points from it. You're going to lose most games when you do that. I think if they run the ball and had a tight end that could catch the ball in the red, in the red zone, this offense would look a lot different. Bees, we, we don't have a lot of time here, but really quickly, is Tua out of the MVP race after last night's performance? 
yeah, I, I think he was on the fringe before last night, and and last night was it because no matter what stats he puts up the rest of the year, unless Tyreek doesn't play another game and and and, and Tua absolutely shreds the last four opponents, they're going to say any success he's had is is, is because of Tyreek. Uh, even if that argument, which I think is I think it's a fallacy. I, I think they both make each other better. But he, even if that, that 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 argument, you know, didn't exist, his stats are still kind of borderline, and they haven't won a key game, right? Like, what 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 signature win do they have so far? Their signature wins a fifty point blowout of the Denver Broncos, right? And that's a great win. It's one of the best wins in the NFL this year. Uh, but it happened so early in the season, and that was not sustain. It's not sustainable. But his production has dipped in the second half of the year. Uh, he's going to make the Pro Bowl is my guess, but uh, if you have a Tua Tungavailoa MVP ticket, you can probably throw it in the trash. Beasley, thanks so much, as always, for taking the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you on this very program. Always yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, and, and one, of these, one of these days I'll actually talk to the host of the show, and yeah, that will not. make me happy as well. <laughs> probably not. Probably not, right. <laughs> Thank you, Bees. Later, guys. That was Adam Beasley, Pro Football Network. Uh, and that'll do it for us here on the uh, Hawk and Crowder program. Appel, Solana, Jimmy, Tree filling in the last couple hours for Hawk and Crowder. Hopefully uh, you all got some, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Hopefully you got some sense of, uh, you, yeah, you know. Got, you, got, you, got, you got the the frustrations off your chest yeah, today, you right? Go. You know, yeah, you, get, you work through the frustrations and uh, listen, it's, you know, it's been like, what, 20 hours since an epic collapse appell. We we gotta we gotta push through. We gotta push hey, through. Sunday, big game against the Jets. Yeah. Even bigger game for the Panthers tonight <laughs> in Seattle against the Kraken. That game you can hear right here on WQAM. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Hawk and Crowder will be back tomorrow. Solana, always a pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. You need to need, 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 need that's all, folks. <laughs> you need to need need. need, need. Path, path, pass. Take care, brush your hair. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 